Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Well, today I wanted to talk about a couple different things. But before I do, I wanted to suggest that you become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member. There's a lot of exclusive content that is for members only. I actually have a video there about an article called uh, Jerks for Jesus. It talks about this idea of, of people being jerks. And I just saw to yesterday uh, the avatar of Big Eva, Matt Smethurst, talking about this idea of Christians being jerks and pretending like they're being they're being ridiculed because they're Christians, but really they're just ridiculed for being jerks. And I find this idea very hilarious. It kind of puts the unbeliever in the driver's seat because they can just say you're being a jerk, and then you've got to believe them, I guess. But um, anyway. So I wanted to just suggest that you go ahead and do that. Become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member. Support this content. Use the show code ROBLES, R-O-B-L-E-S, and let the guys at CrossPolitik and Fight, Laugh, Feast know that you enjoy my content and uh, you want to see more of it. So thank you so much for doing that, and thank you for listening as well. Um, and let's just get right into it today. I wanted to... Um, to point out, I dropped a video on YouTube on my channel. If you're not a subscriber to my YouTube channel, please consider subscribing. A.D. Robles YouTube channel. Um, consider subscribing. I did a video uh, this week called Why I Don't Care About Kingdom Diversity. <laughs> and it didn't really get that much traction. I thought it would get more traction than it did. But I am stubborn, and I'm going to talk about this again today briefly. Um, but it's this idea that that your local church should reflect the community proportionally according to ethnic lines and color lines. So if your local community is 20% black, 20% Latino, and 60% white, your church better be 20% black, 20% Latino, and 60% white. Otherwise, that's, that's evidence that, you're, that you've got a problem. You've got some kind of white supremacy that you're dealing with and all of that kind of thing. And I challenge that notion. I think that that's preposterous. I think that if your church is mono-ethnic and you live in a multi-ethnic community, that doesn't isn't a signal of anything of significance. And I say that there is no reason to expect that your local church will proportionally represent the uh, the colors of the people in your community. I think that's a stupid standard, and I think it doesn't make any sense. And I explain that further in my video, so go ahead and watch that video. But what I wanted to do is talk about this ERLC video from Micah Edmondson. Micah Edmondson is a minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. That's actually a church that I would go to if there was one around here. And this video is titled, How Should the Diversity of the Kingdom Motivate Us to Pursue a Diverse Church? So it's about this topic that I'm talking about. Here's a two-minute video from Micah Edmondson, and I want you to pay attention to the title of this video. How should the diversity of the kingdom motivate us to pursue a diverse church? Here it is. Enjoy. So when we recognize that, uh, that the kingdom of God has always been uh, a multicultural kingdom, um, that really encourages us to intentionally pursue what we might call the Catholicity of the church, the, the diversity of the church, uh, laying hold of the fact that the church is comprised of people from every tribe and nation and tongue. And you look back and you see God's original gospel announcement to Abraham that in you shall all the nations be blessed. Um, that, that incorporates um, a, a cross-cultural, multinational 
aspect to this gospel. And if you look at the way in which God worked through Abraham, bringing him from Ur the Chaldees down into the promised land and along the way, uh, having him um, have, have uh, uh, many different kinds of people, many different uh, uh, nationalities, uh, Egyptians and others who, who, who attached themselves, uh, who were attached to this, um, to this, this, this uh, original church. Um, and then when, when Abraham received the sign of circumcision and, and uh, gave it to his son, you keep in mind that his son was, was a half Egyptian. Um, and so from the very beginning, we have a church comprised of, of all different kinds of people. Uh, when the Lord brought his people out from Egypt, um, they came out as a mixed multitude. Um, and so all throughout um, the redemptive history, we see the Lord uh, incorporating uh, um, other nations with this view that through Abraham's offspring, through Jesus Christ, all the nations will be blessed. And, and that, that shows us um, that, that, um, that Catholicity, that, um, that this universality, that multi, uh, multiculturalism, um, a multicultural aspect of the gospel is right, not as a subsidiary to the gospel, but is actually a part of, 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 of the gospel call itself. Um, for God so loved the world, people from every tribe and nation tongue, that he gave his only begotten son. So uh, that, that gives us good confidence um, in, in, in pursuing uh, diversity for the sake of Christ. That's the whole video. And I hope this doesn't surprise you if you've listened to me long enough. I completely agree with everything he said in that video. Completely. There, I have no quibbles with what Micah said in this video. I think that it's very obviously true that the gospel of Jesus Christ, all the way from the beginning when the, it was preached beforehand to Abraham, that it includes in it this idea of a multi-ethnic, diverse church. It's not the book of Revelation that for the first time says it's every tribe, tongue, and nation. It's not like that's not a new idea in the book of Revelation. That, all, that was from all the way in the beginning. From one man came all the nations. So, so, so God's kingdom and God's people, yes, he had a particular people in time. He, he chose Israel, not because they were great, not because they were awesome, not because they were more in number or stronger or whatever or more beautiful. He chose a particular people, but other ethnicities, and other, they often attached themselves to the nation of Israel. That was okay. There were some stipulations in the Old Testament about that kind of thing, but... That was something that was all from the very beginning was part of the kingdom of God. I completely agree with what Micah has said here. This is an important fact. And I like how he started this video and he said that it's just a diverse kingdom. It, the kingdom of God is diverse. It, it's something that is already the case. It's objectively true today that the kingdom of God, God's people come from every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's a fact. Okay, so that's where I want to start. But here is my problem. I told you I agree with the entire video, but here is my problem. The title of this video is How Should the Kingdom, I'm sorry, How Should the Diversity of the Kingdom Motivate Us to Pursue a Diverse Church? That's the title of the video. And if you are a careful listener, you might have recognized that this question isn't even addressed in this video. 
<laughs> how should the diversity of the kingdom, he talks about the diversity of the kingdom, how should it motivate us, motivate us to pursue a diverse church? And I, I'm assuming this means a local church. It doesn't say that, but the, the way the video is, it's he, he says the church is diverse, so we wouldn't have to pursue a diverse church if it already is diverse. What he's talking about is local churches. And this how question is never answered. It's not even attempted to be answered. And so I don't know if this is a mistake. Maybe they put the wrong clip here. Maybe just an intern made this title and just didn't understand what was happening here. Or maybe this is intentional. It's supposed to, because a lot of times, let's just be honest, if you noticed on YouTube, someone will post a, a video and they'll title it something and you watch the video and it's like, this has nothing to do with it. Like, like it'll be like, um, it'll be like, uh, like atheist owns Christian. And so that's the title of the video. And then you watch the video and it's like, the atheist didn't own the Christian. But like this idea is like if you if you title it something, people are just going to assume that that's what the video is about. Um, that happens all the time. I wonder if that's an example here. Because even if you look at the, the way they describe the video, Micah Edmondson discusses how the diversity of the kingdom should motivate us to pursue a diverse church. No, it doesn't. He doesn't say that. Maybe he has somewhere else, but not in this video he doesn't. I mean, listen to it again. Go back and listen to it again. Tell me if he answers the how question here. How should a diversity of the kingdom motivate us to pursue a diverse church? See, this is kind of like one of those things that people just say. Watch my YouTube video about this. I, say, I make the argument that people just say that the fact of, of, of Revelation saying every tribe and tongue and nation should motivate us to have a local body that is proportionally representative of each skin color. It's like, how? No, it doesn't. That doesn't follow. It's just something that people say, and it sounds so good, and people just repeat it and assume it's true. It's not true. I can think of many, many, many reasons why there might be a mono-ethnic church in a city that is diverse ethnically. Many reasons that are completely legitimate. It's not a sign of anything necessarily bad when you have a mono-ethnic church. It could be, but it's but 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 you have to do more work than that. You can't just look at the numbers and be like, well, we've got to meet our quotas, otherwise we've got problems. Like that's that's not how it is at all. So while I agree with this video from Micah Edmondson, it doesn't do anything to push this conversation for everyone agrees with that. Yes, every tribe, tongue, and nation, even the the most the most kinest of kins, kins of kinists, kinists of kinists might would agree with that. But 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 you know what I mean? So like we need more here. There needs to be more meat. And this is very common in the social justice community. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about something from the Bible as well. I was reading this this morning in Jonah. And you know the story of Jonah and the whale or the fish or whatever. Um, Jonah Jonah sent to Nineveh to, to preach uh, about the wrath of God that's to come. Because because the, the the nation of Nineveh is 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 engaged in all kinds of wickedness and and the wrath of God is going to come down on Nineveh. That's that's what Jonah sent to preach. And, and I want you to hear what he says. This is Jonah chapter three. This is after the whole situation with the fish or the whale or whatever. It says the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you." So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. First of all, I don't know why Jonah is doing this. I mean, he should be telling people what he's for, not what he's against. Big Eva taught me that. Anyway, uh, back to the Bible. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. 
Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast. They put on sackcloth, and from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let him call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. That is extremely interesting. We see a city turn from their sin, all the way from the greatest of them to the least of them, repent of their ways, and believe God. And God sees what they do, and he, and he says, you know what? I'm not going to destroy you. A couple things come to mind instantly. First of all, Big Eva told me that, you know, God didn't have a covenant with uh, uh, nations besides Israel, so how can we hold them to, to their standards? But here is God holding Nineveh to the standards of his moral law. So, I mean, is, is, is there a covenant with them or not? Are they expected to obey God or not? Is the United States expected to obey God or not? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And if it doesn't, God will destroy the United States. And so, yes, our, our leaders and our nations and our law must comport to the general equity of God's law. This is an example of a non-Israel nation who was held to the standard of God's morality. And there were sanctions if they didn't obey. He was about to destroy them. And then they change their ways. They repent from their evil way. And guess what? There are blessings. He doesn't destroy them. If you turn over to the book of Nahum, we get to see a little bit about what Nineveh was up to. Why was God so angry with Nineveh? Why was God about to destroy Nineveh for what they did? This is Nahum chapter 3. Woe to the bloody city, all full of lies and plunder, no end to the prey. The crack of the whip, the rumble of the wheel, galloping horse and bounding chariot, horsemen charging, flashing sword and glittering spear, hosts of slain, heaps of corpses, dead bodies without ends. They stumble over the bodies and all for the countless whorings of the prostitute, graceful and of deadly charms, who betrays nations with her whorings and peoples with her charms. That's what was going on in Nineveh. Violence, dead bodies, murders, uh, plunder, so stealing all over the place, stealing, full of lies. The people of Nineveh were judged for their lying, probably calling good evil, evil good, probably confusing genders, probably, probably just lying about basic stuff. Is a, is a, is a baby a human being or not? You see what I'm saying? So and I think you see where I'm going with this. These are things that the United States does. Countless bodies. There's no end to the prey. You know how many babies were killed in 2019 in the United States? Not only were they killed, but their deaths were celebrated by many. 
Not only were they celebrated by many, but people see it as a human right to be able to kill your own child if you want to. Plunder. I mean, you know how much plunder there is in the United States? Get my, you get your paycheck, and it's like a, it's like a, a three, a half of what it should be, because it was plundered by other people, and and people are praising this. Is not only is this is they praising it, but they say it's a human right for us to plunder your paycheck and give it to poor people, give it to immigrants, give it to whoever you want. We can plunder whatever we want as long as it's for a good cause, as long as we say it's for a good cause. Well, some of that plunder goes to those agencies that kill babies and stuff like that. You've been plundered. And the plunder goes into more murders, dead bodies everywhere. You, you trip over the bones in the streets. Full of lies. You think the United States is full of lies? We're not. We're, we're at the point where if you, if you don't call a, a male a female, if he demands that you call him a female, you could probably get sued. You could probably go to jail. You, you, you burn a rainbow flag in the wrong place? Well... That's a couple years in jail for you, locked up like a prisoner. Oh, crack of the whip, rumble of the wheel. Yeah, something like that. See, the reality is, whether you're a theonomist or not, you believe the book of Jonah, you best believe that this is how God operates. Because God doesn't change. So if God was judging the Ninevites for this, you can expect... That if we fit this, these qualifications here in the book of Nahum, if the United States fits these qualifications in the book of Nahum that Nineveh fit, since God doesn't change, since he deals with nations in the same way that he used to deal with nations, then what can we expect? We can expect destruction. But here's where the lack of despair comes in. See, we preach a message of repentance. I desperately want the people of the United States to repent from their wicked ways, to repent of their stealing, to repent of their lies, and to repent of their murderous hearts and activities. It's not just murder in the heart. People actually do murder people in our country. And I'm not just talking about mass murder gun shootings. That's the one that everyone doesn't like. But yeah, that's bad too. But also the guns, the, the, the murders in Chicago with a bunch of poor people killing each other. Also the murders in MS-13 which a bunch, with a bunch of Mexicans killing each other down on the border. Also the murders in South Central, you know, with black people killing each other. That's also just as evil. There's just as much blood on those people's hands. There's no excuse because they're poor. There's no excuse because they're minorities. And then think about the babies, just the, 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 the countless number of babies that have been killed in this country. Through all of that, I want people to repent of that stuff because here's the reality. And we, we, we have to call people to repentance for this stuff. I know that, that the soft, big Eva, you know, kind of limp-wristed, effeminate types want you to stop talking about that stuff. Stop judging. you got to judge other Christians, not the people on the outside. It's not judgment. It's a warning. It's a warning. Yes, we should tell people what we're for. Yes, we're for Christ, but we're also we're against murder. That's fine. You want to call me pro-birth and anti, uh, anti-abortion? Yes, call me whatever you want. I'm, I'm, I'm both of those things. Here's the thing. There's a lot of voices in Big Eva telling you to stop with this negativity. Stop telling people to stop sinning. Stop telling people to repent and all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. Instead, you make friends with them. 
you make friends with them and you, and and you go along with their lies. You know, it's just hospitality to to tell to tell a, a liar that's lying about their gender that it's you know go along with their lies for a little bit just to make friends with them first, just to make friends with them. Then you earn the right to tell them about Christ. No. Jonah didn't earn the right to speak to Nineveh. He just said, you need to repent. God's coming in destruction. In 40 days, he's coming. And what happened? Don't listen to the big Eva types that are telling you to stop. What happened? Nineveh repented. Do we believe that the United States can repent? I believe it. You better believe I believe it. If Nineveh was doing all these things and then they heard this wacko Jonah say, 40 days and God's going to come in destruction. And everyone's like, oh my goodness. We got to do something. Maybe, and the king, imagine if Trump said, oh my goodness, like we've been, we've been killing babies, guys. Like we have to stop and we're going to stop. And, and you know what? If God comes in judgment anyway, then he's completely right to do that. But who knows? Maybe he won't if we just stop. Do you believe that could happen? I believe it. I believe it. So when the big Eva types tell you that you should go along with the lies just for a little bit, just to earn the right, just say no. There's no despair here. There's no despair here. I believe that they can repent at a moment's notice. Christ and the Holy Spirit can move and they could repent. God will relent from the disaster that is coming upon the United States. That's my opinion. No despair here. I think we're headed for a lot of turmoil and a lot of problems, economic uh, wars, things like that. I think that's that's in our future. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Don't listen to those big Eva types that, 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 you know, we should tell, we should only tell people what we're for, not what we're against. Oh, we don't need, we don't need to, uh, to be jerks to these people. We don't need to insult them for insulting sake. No, it's not insulting to say to someone, dude, you're a dude, not a girl. Anyway, I hope this was helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you.